Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope your day is going so well, and thanks so much for spending part of it with me. Here's what we're going to do today. I got an email from a listener the other day saying that she loved a recent episode that I did inside EB's inbox, EB, that's me, inside my inbox, asking if I would do that again. And my answer was yes, of course. So we are going to do that because every day I respond to tons of emails on a huge variety of topics, and a lot of them never make their way to this podcast. And so I think it's fun every once in a while to do an episode that covers a variety of topics in shorter form because there's something we can all learn in each one of them. So what I'm going to do is just pull a few emails, share them anonymously, and share with you how I responded to those individuals. And the first one I want to start with came from someone who was considering the Fat Loss Fast Track, which registration for that is now closed because we start on Sunday, January the 7th. But the question was, I don't trust myself. Is the fat loss fast track going to work with me when fundamentally I don't trust myself? Now, I will skip the part of the answer about the fat loss fast track and how it is designed to help with those kinds of issues, those mental and emotional barriers, and give this answer as if the fat loss fast track didn't exist because for the next couple of months, it kind of doesn't unless you are in it. Instead of I don't trust myself, period. What I want you to think about, if that is your issue, or honestly, if there is any other issue, is framing the problem in terms of the solution. Instead of, I don't trust myself, or I'm afraid this isn't going to work because I don't trust myself, take the problem and frame it in terms of the solution. What can I do today to build trust in myself, because we all know that trust is something that can be rebuilt, but that takes effort and work. So really, if you are in a position where you don't trust yourself, what we need to be asking is, what small thing can you do today to build trust in yourself? And my advice to you is start very, very small. Identify very small things like, you know what? I'm going to set my alarm tonight and tomorrow just for one day, just one time. I'm not going to hit snooze. Or maybe you say, I am going to do one body weight squat when I brush my teeth today. And if you are currently rolling your eyes because you think those things are too small to matter, you're wrong. And you need to check yourself 
because your ego is likely in the way of what could really work. Building trust happens with small incremental actions. If there is someone in your life who has broken trust with you, the small things absolutely matter. If you are working on rebuilding your trust in that person, then if they say they'll call, they need to call. Even though a phone call is a very small thing and it's not what makes or breaks a relationship, it is what builds back trust. So whether your issue is I'm inconsistent or I don't trust myself or I'm not motivated, I want you to frame the problem in terms of the solution. So instead of I'm inconsistent or I don't trust myself, what can I do today? What one thing can I do today to create consistency? Or what one thing can I do today to build trust in myself? All right. This next question, email, story comes from somebody that's working through breaking barriers. And this one is a little bit longer of an email, but I think there's so much in it that I want to break down. So I am going to read the majority of the email, which might take a couple of minutes. It says, Happy New Year. I'm working through breaking barriers and I'm on the roadblocks section. I have my roadblocks written out fairly vaguely, and I was going into more detail, such as the when I overeat, how that begins. Mostly, it's that time after work and before dinner. I go into work early, so I'm off at 2.30 or 3 most days. This is when I love to say, work was so much today, time to get a little snack and watch some TV. And the snack turns into a binge especially when all day I've thought about food and I cannot wait to eat honey mustard pretzels, something sweet, Diet Coke, pretty much a combination of salty, sweet, and an acidic acidic drink. I'm trying to plan out a strategy with this. I know the days I keep busy after work, I can definitely push past the time I would normally load up on snacks, but there are days I almost feel like I physically cannot say no to it and I have zero power which I know deep down, especially writing this to you, that I'm definitely in way more control than I allow myself to think. I've always kind of thought about going into work later and getting off later. I know that, oddly enough, the days I work overtime, my actual dinner meal choice isn't the greatest, but there's no snacking beforehand. The odd part about this is from September until December, I was doing just fine with this. Then a little tragedy stuck and I started to ignore all I had learned over the prior three months. I haven't been able to fully push back into the good habits, thus the decision to finally do breaking barriers. I just feel lost. I'd like to sit here and tell you that I'm trying so hard to make better choices, but I really haven't been. I try for about 15 minutes in the morning, that's what it feels like, but by dinner I've snacked all day, had a Diet Coke or two, plenty of chocolate, I have a tummy ache, and I'm going to bed full of food because I've managed to fall into the rabbit hole of a binge again. And I don't know if it's because my story is so similar to yours that I feel like I can just unload on you all the time. I just don't know how I keep doing this to myself. Even working through breaking barriers and wanting this to work this time, I'm sick to my stomach, fearing that I'll fail again. All right. The focus in this challenge is too great. It's too big. It's on the big picture and it's on the problem instead of the solution. When we focus on the overarching problem, then if we're focused on the solution, it's the overarching solution and not today's 
solution, right? And not today's solution. When we're fearing failure or we're beating ourselves up for where we've been, we're not focused on the solution. And the only place that we can affect change, the only place, the only point in time that we can do anything to change ourselves and our patterns of behavior is right now. That's why I always pull people out of the macro or the big picture and direct them to the micro or right now. Not the overarching problem, not even the overarching solution, not the past patterns and not the future fears, but right now. What is an improvement that I can practice today? What would that look like? What is one thing I'm willing to do today? And in this case, maybe it is sweet or salty, but not both. That's it. One improvement you can practice today. And then most importantly, divorce that story, divorce that story, divorce that story. The way this is written and the way most people talk about their challenges is they take a past pattern They talk about it in the present tense, so they're describing something that has happened last month or over the last week or yesterday, but they're talking about it as if it is their struggle now and as well as projecting it into the future. What you've done, the patterns of the past are just that, the patterns of the past, and you are free to choose differently now. But you have to be willing to redirect your attention as many times as you need to over and over and then over again off of the story, off of the problem, and onto right now, this moment. For the next five minutes, what can I do to make myself proud? Telling yourself that you have no power is a surefire way to struggle. So the story cannot be, I feel powerless, I feel powerless. That is an instruction to your brain. I am in control of what I put in my mouth. Even before you begin to change what you are eating, be honest enough with yourself to say, this isn't happening to me. I haven't fallen in a rabbit hole. I've chosen my way to where I am now. I am fully in control of what I put in my mouth, how much and when, and I refuse to tell myself anything different. If I want something different, I can create something different, and I refuse to submit to and tell myself this story that I am not in control and that I am powerless because I am the only one putting food in my mouth. And at a bare minimum, I own my choices. The other part of this that I would consider, especially when it comes to boredom eating or eating in response to stress from work, ask yourself as you are considering food or thinking about food, is this a need of the body or is this a need of the mind? The sense of like, oh, I really want a snack. Do I have a physical need or do I have a mental and emotional need? Do I physically need fuel in my system because I haven't eaten in a few hours or I've been really, really active and I know my body needs fuel? Or is this a need of my mind where I need to relax, where I need to decompress, where I need some stress relief or an escape? 
Do not confuse needs of the mind and needs of the body and do not try to satisfy a need of the mind with a tool of the body. Food is a tool of the body, not a tool of the mind. So if you need to relax, unwind or de-stress, that is a need of the mind. Meet that need with a tool of the mind, whether that is sleep, whether that is meditation, whether that is moving your body a little bit. Ask yourself that question. Be willing to step out of that moment and your stubbornness and your ego in that moment to just get what you want now. Is this a need of my body or is this a need of my mind? And do not meet needs of the mind with tools of the body. All right. The next one that came in was about breakfast. And actually, I think in the new year, a lot of people have been thinking about breakfast because it's a good and easy place to start. So this uh, email says, I thought I had seen a list of suggested foods for breakfast on your website, but can no longer see it. Can you send that to me if you have it? Yes. So what I sent to this listener is my fat loss food guide, which used to be for sale, but I decided to stop selling PDFs um, because I just don't want the nickel and dimey stuff. Uh, So that fat loss food guide is listed on the show notes for this episode. So go under primal, go to primalpotential.com, hit the podcast tab. Uh, when you see the link for this episode, if you scroll down to the bottom, resources, the fat loss food guide is also there, as well as a PDF with breakfast recipes and some episodes I've done specifically on breakfast. So if you are confused about what is the best food for fat loss for breakfast, listen to Q&A 6, episode 290 and episode 115. And those are also linked in the show notes as well as uh, the fat loss food guide and those breakfast recipes. The PS of her email I also wanted to talk about. It says, I'm wondering if I can use berries or bananas or oranges in a smoothie for the morning. The answer is maybe. And here's why I say that. When fat loss is the goal, we want to minimize a blood sugar rise in the morning. Okay, that is the goal. Now, fruit is primarily sugar and therefore raises our blood sugar. But that does not mean that you can't have fruit in your smoothie in the morning. And here's why I say that. Is it an improvement for you? Is it working for you? Like satisfying your hunger and keeping your cravings at bay? And are you getting results? For me to have a fruit smoothie in the morning would not be an improvement. And I would have more cravings and it wouldn't satisfy my hunger. But there was a time when that was not the case. When I was eating Chick-fil-A for breakfast, chicken biscuit, chicken minis, hash browns, Diet Coke, a smoothie with fruit in it would have been a huge improvement and would have driven less of a blood sugar increase than what I had been having. So it's not, no, you cannot have carbs in the morning. No, you cannot have sugar in the morning. The biggest consideration is, is it an improvement for you? And then... Is it working for you, satisfying your hunger? You're not hungry an hour later. You don't have cravings an hour or two later. And are you getting results? All right. The next email came in and says, I am reading your emails and blogs. My biggest issue is sugar. I am truly addicted to it. I would eat sugar before I would eat a regular meal. 
I am a senior, so of course I have lived this lifestyle for a long, long time. I'm good for a few days, perhaps even a week, then I drift back to a dessert and just keep eating. The email goes on, but the details I've captured. And my response to her is probably one you've heard me say. The first thing I asked her to do was reread her email out loud as if it is a set of instructions to her brain because it is. So the instruction she is giving to her brain is, I am addicted to sugar. I've lived this lifestyle for a long time. And no matter what, after a few days, I go back to the sugar and I just keep eating. You cannot give those instructions to your brain and simultaneously fight against that instruction to try to create change. This goes back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago about focusing on the macro and focusing on the problem versus bringing it down to the micro or to the immediate moment and to the solution. So instead of focusing on the problem, I'm addicted to sugar and I can't stop, Focus on the solution. What is one thing I could do today that is an improvement for me? When you say to yourself, I'm addicted and no matter what I do, I can't stop, it is not only descriptive, describing the problem, but also prescriptive, prescribing the problem. You are setting the expectation that you cannot change and you can change. So identify one thing that you are able to do that is an improvement for you. Maybe you say, all right, today I'm going to avoid sugar until lunchtime. So my morning is going to be free of sugar and I can do that for one day. Don't worry about change over the next 30 days. Worry about what you are able and willing to do today. Create a new story in the micro moments, the small moments. I can make one good choice right now and that is dot, dot, dot. All right. The next email that came in was from somebody who was finishing up the fall fat loss fast track going into the winter fat loss fast track. And she sent a long email about her wins, but then she wrapped up with a question or a challenge. And that's the part of it that I want to share with you. Recapping all the wins over the fall fat loss fast track, she said, these are huge benefits. But I often wonder why they aren't enough. And just to give you some context, it was like weight loss, having more energy, having fewer cravings, uh, all of that. Did I say having fewer energy? Having more energy, fewer cravings, weight loss, etc. But then she says, I often wonder why they aren't enough to keep me focused, keep me moving forward instead of progress feeling like a reason to give up, like you've done well. So now you can take your foot off the gas. She says, as I said, I already feel the slide of my attention, my foot coming off the accelerator. So when I saw the first few slides of this week's Fat Loss Fast Track webinar, The Trap of Progress, and Does Doing More Make You Uncomfortable, my response was a resounding yes, and I set myself the goal of doing my best in our 12th week. But truth be told, I'm feeling scared and not confident. Maybe I'm holding myself to too fine an ambition. Maybe I should make more holiday allowances. But then I think of another quote you posted on your webinar. Stopping because of pain is okay. Stopping because of fear is not. And I'm full of fear 
over the coming two weeks. And the coming two weeks is the break between the fat loss fast tracks, which is now closed. I'm full of fear over the coming two weeks. I'm full of anticipatory discomfort. I'm afraid of failing, of disappointing myself. I want to remove my goals so I can not have to be afraid of not hitting them. So I will ask myself, if I follow through with my best effort, what is on the other side? I'm going to read that question again because I think it's a great one. If I follow through with my best effort, what is on the other side? What more confidence, comfort, calmness will I find on the other side of this decision? Instead of focusing on the fear, I'll practice focusing on the opportunity. She says, if you have any rethinking strategies that I'm missing here, ways to keep the pedal to the metal, I'm all ears. I want to win this week. So one of the things that I talked about with this particular individual before and in the earlier parts of this email that I didn't share was being driven by weight loss. But then once you've lost the weight, what keeps you motivated? And fearing that when weight loss is not the motivator, that you will not do the work. And I wanted to touch on her lack of confidence in that continued pursuit, even when the goal has shifted. So what I shared with her is there is no finish line. Weight loss does not mark a finish line. This is life. It's not about when I lose the weight, then I can dot, dot, dot. The real goal, while yeah, we might want to lose weight or we might want to be able to do 10 pull-ups for the first time or whatever it is, the real goal is feeling your best every single day. And when that is what you wake up trying to achieve every day, there is no finish line. When there's a finish line, we can feel like, We're always grasping at some way to stay motivated. But when it comes to what we eat and how we move, I think removing that endpoint as the be-all, end-all is really important and having it be as simple as waking up every day and feeling really good, being able to do the things you want to do and feeling great about your body, less about the outcome and more about the process. Fear sets in when we fear we will undo the work. But if the goal is feeling as amazing as possible every single day, then that is something you can pursue every single day. What is that end pursuit for you where there is no finish line? For me, it's feeling amazing every day. For you, it might be something else, being able to keep up with your kids or feeling like you're taking great care of your body. But how can you create a mindset that allows you to pursue taking impeccable care of yourself regardless of if your goal is to weigh less or not? How can you adjust your mindset and your daily pursuit to, I simply want to feel amazing every single day? Those are some things to think about today, guys. I wanted to take you inside my inbox. You'll have to uh, comment over on the show notes when you head over to get those breakfast resources and let me know if you enjoy these more scattered and diverse episodes, A Glance Inside My Inbox. Just comment on the show notes page. Let me know what you think. I hope you have a really great day and I'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.